What's up, gang? Uh, here it goes. Uh, I think someone said last week I looked like a force ghost, and I think that's about right. My name is CJ Reynolds. This is Sunday Night Teacher Talk, and I am indeed not a force ghost. I am a real human being. Um, I taught for 17 years, and now my mission is to help as many teachers as I can be the teachers that they are called to be. And so part of that is that we meet up here on Sundays. We meet up here to create a safe space for teachers to explore and express how they're thinking, how they're feeling, and what's going on inside and outside of the classroom so that they can show up tomorrow morning and be who their students need them to be. So we take questions. We, you know, there's a whole chat going on in the, uh, in the chat. I don't, that was redundant. But uh, yeah, it's me and my not-so-secret wife next to me. And so if you have a question, you can put it right in the question section, and that would be awesome. I am thinking... Um, so first of all, the force ghost thing that like, if you're watching this and you're not just, uh, listening to it on the podcast, uh, which is, is available everywhere podcasts are available. We are redoing our studio. And so I am now up here in my bedroom and well, you can actually, it's not just redoing the studio, okay. but you can answer John Lopez's question. He said, how is the leak in the basement? So, oh, it actually wasn't the basement. It, it was in our studio. We had a, a, a leaky roof for a long time and that's all fixed the leak is fixed yes. but um, it's incredible the roof was damaged and so or the ceiling was damaged in our office slash laundry room so that got repaired which you know man spackle dust oh hate it it's the worst it is it gets everywhere it everywhere so we had a like we've been living with a dining room full of other stuff for a couple weeks now so that is completely redone and is getting finished today. Like all the stuff getting put in there. So we'll be back in regular studio next week, which I'm stoked about. Um, feels a little bit like when you're setting up your class. Oh, the dog's trying to eat someone downstairs. I, speaking of, I think the uh, our guys here, to working guys here. So um, yeah, so it's just like when you finally get your classroom to that place. And the difference with this is I'm not on a time well i mean i sort of am i'm not on a time crunch like a teacher would be yeah like where you're doing i mean that's not completely true no we're on a time moment because you yeah. want to tell people what's happening so tomorrow um kansas state university is coming out they are working in conjunction with pbs and they are making a documentary about the current state of education they're looking for hopeful cases in the state of education like drawing a clear picture of like what's kind of going on in education but like what is happening uh, in the world that some people might not know about where people are trying to bring hope to education. And so I was asked to be a part of that documentary. So tomorrow uh, night, these folks are going to show up. We're going to, they're going to film at home. They're going to film Philly all over the place. Uh, shot list. list. Yeah. yeah shot so list, <laughs> it is very, very exciting. So this summer, there will be a documentary out with me as part of it. It's me, the secretary of education and a few other teachers that are doing like very specific things. But my piece is about how we created this online thing and are using it, even though some of these look, I look a little bit. Half your head is yeah. showing. I love yeah. it. This is yeah. so funny. We're so, in transition. Anyway. Yeah. Um, any questions? No. Uh, cool. It's so. fine. Um, we are, because we're under a deadline, we're only, we can only stay on for part of the time this week. And I don't usually do that. And I don't like doing that. Like giving my full 
attention. It but. was either not show up at all for Sunday night teacher talk this week, or it was to try and do an abbreviated version today. So we're going to hear for 30 minutes and we hope we can, uh, yeah, answer any questions that anybody has about education or life or I don't know anything else. So fire away if you got anything. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, um, I just want to note Maisha's here. Hi, Maisha. I'm so glad you have off today to join in. No, rainy day at Office Depot. I, I don't know if that would be busy or or not busy. Everywhere we go when it's raining it is busy. busy. I feel like everybody day. wants to shop and or like gets it's either that you shop or you stay home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were at IKEA today. We've been at IKEA and Home Depot a lot. And uh yes, holy smokes. I feel like we've lived there. Yeah. It's bad when they go when you see someone in the store and they go back again, it's like, oh man. Mm -hmm. He's called me out, called me out on my business. Um, yeah, I'm so here's a, here's a question, uh, that, that someone posed to me this week in a training that I was a part of. Um, and I just thought this was a good question for, it's a good question for me to ask people, but it's also, I think a good question for all of us to ask ourselves, especially when we're working with young people and we're working, we're trying to help other teachers is what, here's the question. What are you innately good at? that other people have to work for. And that really hit me because when I think about like how I handle certain situations, sometimes it can come off as me saying something like, well, if someone comes to me for help and they're having a problem with a student or a lesson or engagement or something that I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to help with, um, and I just, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, all you have to do is, right? Like whenever I, whenever an answer starts with, well, all you have to do is, that is probably a pretty good sign that this is something that has come, that comes easy for me either because it's like a, a talent that I have, or it's something that I've acquired over time, like a, like a skill I've acquired over time. But um, I just thought that that was a fascinating, it was such a good idea and it's such a good reminder to me Um because not everyone is where you are and everyone's kind of good at their own thing, but no one's good at everything. And yeah. So, and they talked about that too, that kind of like this specific ability to like be good at everything where you are kind of a, like the guy explained it. Like if you think of a Swiss army knife, it has a lot of tools and they're all useful. Even, even the tweezers and the toothpick, if you have that Swiss army knife, but none of them are the best at what they do. Like the little saw's good in a pinch, but like it's not the best saw I ever used in my life. It's not the best knife. It's not the best anything. It, but it is pretty good at a lot of stuff. So, yeah. All right, are you ready? Linda is up Hit first me. with a question asking, "What was your what was your worst fear when you were teaching?" Mine is that I'll lose it in front of my students. Oh, that's a good question. That that's a, I mean. That's a pretty common one, I would imagine, is yes. losing it. I have had to try not to lose it in front of my students in a, a bunch of different ways. Like either emotional, something's going on at home, something triggers me and I just want to like lose it, uh, lose it with anger. I think it was that no one would listen to me, that I would just be in class. I would assign something. I'd talk to someone. I'd try to get attention. I'd try to get kids to go along on this journey with me to go through something and that none of it would work. And that 
was terrifying to me because if you can't get kids to kind of go along with what you're doing, then it doesn't matter how great your lesson is. It doesn't, no one cares how long you spent on it. No one cares the effort that you put into it. And so what I found was that kids did listen to me, not everyone and not all the time. Like I'm not trying to say that, like it was just like good from the jump. What I'm saying is that if I said, Hey everyone, can you take out your notebook? And on at least the beginning of the year, I was like, Oh man, people took out notebooks. Like, it was, it was almost like a, what else can, can this voice do? And like, <laughs> I think that's especially true. Like if you aren't a parent yet, or you choose to not have children yeah. or whatever, cause it's like, are kids going to look, I feel like that was just even a general fear for me as a parent, like going into like, before I became a mom of like, what if my kids don't listen to me? Like, what if I can't get them to like, do what I need to do or behave? I don't know. It was a weird one, but that was a fear for me. This, this doesn't directly correlate with that, but I would say, you know what that makes me I was telling you about this this week I heard a quote that said um something to the effect of like no one cares what if you did your best like don't forget about doing your best do what's necessary and that to me was another quote that just like it hit me in a different kind of way and not I don't want to get down on anyone's their best right like doing your best is important but sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes you have to do what's necessary. And so here's what I what I mean by that. Like, because I think I think this is it. You can do your best, right? But that might not be enough. And that doesn't mean that you're not enough. What it means is that you have to grow into that next version of you to be able to do the work that needs to be done. And so when I think about my kids growing up, my own children that we made, um, I don't know why I said that's so weird, but you know, my kids that I made it was, it was hard work, but now, I mean, we, Brody's 15, going to be 16 in, in July, Marley's 13 and we have really good kids. And I don't say that as like kind of a humble brag or anything. It is just like, cause I think it's a, I think it's a mixture, but we put hard work into our kids and not just our best. It was above and beyond. Like it, when you, you know, y'all, like if you have kids, like getting up in the middle of the night, not parenting from a seat but like saying like don't make me come over there it's like actually i'm going to get up and i'm going to go have the conversation i'm going to sit here and talk to you um never and i'm not going against anyone's parenting style but like we never spanked our kids it was always have the conversation with our kids always have to talk with them. it was like the brady moments over and over and over again it's like we're you know like sad music comes on inspiring music comes on you have to sit down have a little talk with little brody um and so it was, it was a lot of work. And I think school's no different. You could be doing your best, but are you doing what's necessary? And if you are doing your best and it's not there, it again, doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you or that you're broken or that you're not good enough. It just means you have to, you have to keep working on you so that you can become the teacher that needs to be in the classroom. All right. Uh, Mrs. J's kid. Kid vids is up next. How do you work with parents who just can't hear the truth, even when it's spoken in truth and love? You know, I think I don't know that there is anything all the time that you can do. And let me so let me release you from that because sometimes parents, and I think it's in my in my uh, experience, it has been parents that have been through something or are going through something. And they just can't like, you can't, don't put one more thing on me. It's all on me. Right. So when I'm talking to a single mom, uh, with a number of like kids 
and they're all different ages and maybe dad's not around and you just came into this thing and you just came from like parents with like, especially moms that were like nurses and, uh, and things of that nature. Like they have to, they would like leave on lunch, run to the school, do a conference. And then I got to talk to you about your kid and how they're not doing well. And here's all the things that we did. It's almost like some parents can't take any more. So it's, I don't even need all that. It's you guys messed up. It's your fault. And so when a parent can't hear you, it's, there's something else kind of going on. I feel like when that relationship and look, this is another one of those things it just takes time. If you, if necessary, you do not have to have a deep and meaningful relationship with every single parent of every kid that you teach. That's just like, it's not even doable and not even every parent needs it. Not every parent wants it, but for those special parent, like in this particular situation, sometimes it helps to like, just build that conversation. And so I made a video recently um, that like, I, it went up weird. It has like no views. I hope everyone can find it. It's under the, if you see like where our videos are and the playlist and stuff at the top of our video or our channel, if you hit lives, it went up, it's weird, but it's called parent conferences. And in the parent conference video, this can be used with any conference. This is just like, it could be just phone calls home. It is having a conversation with parents that is not putting anything else on them. It is letting them know how you are going to show up and what's available for their child should they need it. Not you're failing and you have to come after school. It's like, hey, look, here's where I'm noticing where your student is right now. This is, there are things we can do to help your child out. And though here's the menu of things that we can do. And I literally have created a menu before. I have an actual, it looks like a diner menu of like, here's all the things that you can do. Like, so that it's a little bit even less off-putting instead of like a list of like, can look at consequences like come after school get extra help you know all the things it's here's what i'm available for here's how i want to help your kid and here's where i think that they can get to and so it's talking about it's creating a positive spin on some of those things to help parents out and i, I think that that helps if that doesn't work it's really i think sometimes bringing in administration or looking for an is there someone that's on your team that already connects with that parent that would be able to help you out in that scenario. And that could work as well. Uh, Laura in the comments uh, had a great comment about this. Nice. Um, she said, parents are sometimes reliving their own negative experience, yes. like with school. So, right. If you have someone who had a really bad negative experience and some trauma from their own uh school journey, I feel like that could definitely That's a good point. Right? It's really good. Cause I am, totally Yo, that that's what i was gonna talk well right but not even just us growing up no i'm i have my with... own trauma from like dealing with trying to get my son adequate resources and there was a really terrible superintendent at that time and a really terrible um the director of special education they just wouldn't work with us on any level and it caused like i have like lawyer-esque sounding emails to people like i do i tried to like do all the things to get help for my kid. Yep. And it caused a lot of trauma for me that when our kids were then homeschooled for three years and our daughter went back into the public school system this year in the same district, I told CJ, I'm like, no, you've got to do it. I said, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Like it literally just triggers me. Like, and yeah. I kind of have this same like bitey attitude with school, but yeah. Yeah. So it's that old, people are fighting a battle that you may know nothing about. Exactly.
All right. Um, Kyle's up next asking, what are some underrated ways for teachers to make money during the summer, especially options that are your usual retail summer salesman? Uh, Maybe, I don't so, know if I'm supposed to say the, not the usual options. Yeah. So I think what, one of the... Let's give both. Uh, yeah. So I have done um, tutoring. I used to work for this place called a thing. I don't even know if it's around anymore. It was called Excel Academy. And man, it was tutoring in the summer. Back then, it was like $30 an hour or something like that. Something like that at that time was like, what? This is like, this is what I made teaching. This is so ridiculous. Or maybe it was more than I made teaching. It was scripted lesson plans. It was all kids that were going to do well anyway. Like they'd go home and read the whole book. Yeah. And so it was cake. And I really loved it. These kids were super sweet. I had a great time in the summer doing that. So that was one thing. But I'll tell you what, I, you know, my I could speak to this as well. So I worked at Home Depot in the summer a lot of times, and I really enjoyed it. The older I've gotten, the more I like really good customer service, and I like providing really good customer service. And so having something that was so drastically different than what I did was really nice as well. So I've done everything in the summer, like every conceivable job I could think of from like, I never waited tables or bartended, but I feel like that's a, that's one that folks do a lot, but it's like, um, I would, I needed a break from kids to be able to rejuvenate myself, to be able to show back up and do something. So like working at a store felt good because someone would say, where's a product or how do I do this? Or how do I lay this particular type of flooring, which I know all about. And it was like, I could walk them through the steps. They were a willing participant and they wanted to learn. And I'd walk them through it. The next time they come in, they're like, Oh, yo, Reynolds, I did the ceramic floor and it came out so great. Like, and that felt really good to me. And it was a different kind of job. I think Though, like, so it's also like, well, what are you, are you working to just make a little bit of money? Or are you trying to like make a little bit of bank? Because if you're doing that, I think something like having potentially like a, like a, like selling resources, working teachers, pay teachers, mentoring teachers, working for a company, like, um, who did we just almost do a thing? Or there's, there's so like, many like teacherpreneurs, like anymore. It's really seeing if you can like if you can get in with, there's, there's just so many teacherpreneurs. And I think if you can get in with someone that even already has a business, but you lend yourself to the knowledge of their business and to the skill of their business, because most teachers are pretty tech savvy, I think, well, at least in my mind. I mean, look, we hire people Um, all the time to do stuff for us that we don't know how to do. Right. So I think that's a really great avenue that's not tapped into a whole lot. Like those teacherpreneurs are just using who they already know, but I don't know. I think I think that that's a really great avenue because yep. you can make a bit more money probably than you would wear work retail um, and things like that. And yeah, it could potentially be under the table. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, like some little things like Hope that. The law is someone, not listening. You're going to get us arrested. I know. Uh, someone in the comments said that Uber driver. Like they knew a few teachers that Uber I know driver. people I think, that started doing that that freaking love it. I would love it because I love talking oh, to people. Really? I love hearing their stories. Like. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I get made fun of by my whole family everywhere. We're like waiting at the Starbucks in front of at Target. Like, oh my gosh, when is mom going to stop talking to the cash register? You know, I like being friendly. Um, But I think that that's a really great, could be a great fit for people. Facts. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, you're looking at me for another question. I am. All right. John is up next. Asking, I'm just also looking at you because I love you. Oh, thank you. Uh, if you could go back in time and change or modify trends in education, which ones would they be and why? Oh, John, I think I would reimagine the education system entirely because I think that once we started looking at like how Henry Ford was making cars and then we said we should make an education system about this or even before that, what was what do we hear? Um, where did education go? Oh. Start it like in, like, I don't oh, know. Oh, we watched it. Yeah. We Maybe watched we should. If we don't like, know it well enough, it's yeah. not really worth going into. It's but not, I'm going to do I it. But I want to remember what that was. I definitely want to do a I video on that. But I think this idea of, you know, I did, I said it in a video last week that um, I heard someone say the first two things that we can do as human beings is walk and talk, right? Arguably, like those first two things that you learn. But then when you go to school, what are the first two things that they tell you to do is sit down and shut up. And I thought that was so profound because it's this idea of it's, it's this stripping away of wonder. And I think wonder is such an inc incredibly important part mm -hmm. of education that, you know, a lot of folks in it, like a lot of, a lot of educators have stripped away from classrooms and we've taken away that ability, that autonomy to see like, what are kids interested in? How can we do this? And I wonder if this would work. And, you know, like, I just think if we had, if we taught kids to ask interesting questions and solve interesting problems, that would be a whole lot. It would be so much more beneficial for young people. But, you know, the hard thing is, is like kids get indoctrinated so quickly that, you know, when you're in, fourth fifth sixth seventh grade and someone tells you to do a project you're already you're already half-assed mailing it in you're just kind of doing it and so that is so sad to me because you know when i think about when i educate my own children it's dad do you think that you could build a boat yeah i think you could build a boat i'll bet you i could do it out of one piece of plywood what and then they built a boat with me and then we sailed it in the delaware river down the street from my house um it's like doing things like that. Dad, do you think we could do this? Do you think we could try this? It's doing those sorts of things so that we can, um, snap. I I, I'm going to go right, but this is, look, this is not necessarily a question, but I think. You okay, cool. Um, sorry that we're having battery issues here. Uh, so it's, I think that, um, that's it, John. It's the take, it's the absence of wonder. And I'm not even going to say in every single class, because I think that there are definitely classes where people, like are doing that and things that are happening. Like I remember you telling me about like how your students build kites and stuff like that. I just think it's remarkable. Um, all right. So while my wife is out of the room, I'm going to try and do this myself. Uh, Linda is saying that I, my wife said this wasn't a question, but I should address it. I was burned out just before spring break and spring break helped me recover a tiny bit, but now I'm on the brink of burnout again. Linda, I think when we are on the brink of burnout, um, I, you know, We have to remember one that I, I'm going to say it like this. I don't think we have to burn out. I don't think it has to be that way. I think we can make steps to change some things. And for me, I'm going to say that, you know, I use this. Uh, I'm going to show you. I think I've maybe talked about this before. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it on this thing. I use a habit tracker and this thing keeps me accountable like crazy, right? It looks like. No, we're not going to be able to see this situation. All right, you can kind of see. This is really good. I'm doing I'm doing a great job here. Um, 
it's all these little circles. There you go. You can kind of see it there. Right. And I have things like that. I noticed that if I do all these things and I am I'm a little bit, I'm a little wacky in this too. I'm not saying everyone has to do all this. I'm not even saying you have to do this. It might just be something you can, you're able to keep in mind, but I like hitting, turning the little empty button to the green button and not putting a red button. So if I get up before the sun, right. I don't even have to, I don't even have to say that I get up at five. I get up at six. I get up at four. Right. So, so my optimal is four 30, but as long as I get up before the sun, I feel better about my day. Right. Um, I don't have it on here, but if I make my bed, I already feel better about my day. If I meditate and pray in the morning, um, which can take anywhere, usually takes me about 30 minutes, which is a little bit long because I it's taking takes over a lot of my morning, uh, but it's important. But if I do that, I feel better. If I learn something every morning, right? So like I'll listen to a podcast, I'll listen to an interview, I'll listen to something that I already have saved on YouTube and I just listen back to it. That helps me. Things like uh, right now I'm uh, playing around and experimenting the last few weeks with uh, intermittent fasting. So I'm fasting from 14 to 17 hours a day, taking supplements, getting exercise, taking probiotics, spending time with my kids, drinking enough water, not drinking alcohol, uh, doing affirmations every morning or every evening. Certain things that I do, I find just I am better. I'm even um, like really fascinated right now in the amount of sleep that I get. So like, am I getting enough sleep? So I, my, my deal with myself is I have to get seven hours of sleep a night. I, I it will mess up my whole next rest of my day if I don't get it too. Right. It's Cause then I didn't get up before the sun and all the things kind of get shortened. Some things I can't do anymore, but it's, if I go to bed early enough, I can get at least seven hours of sleep. Eight. I'm learning the older I get is even more optimal for me. So if I'm getting enough sleep, I'm eating better, I'm getting some exercise, which could literally be a walk in a day, right? Like I have my own thing, but like it could be that that easy. I just find that things don't bother me the same way. And I can tell you that when I don't do that, my life is significantly uh, decreased. And how do I know this? Because I track, and this is another weirdo thing that I haven't talked about very much, but... I track my life every single day and I rate on a scale from one to 10, my life uh, as a whole, my marriage, my relationship with my wife, my work, um, and my physical and mental health every single day uh, for being, oh my God, why did I ever do this? We should have never got married. We should have never started this business. Like I hate everything. Five, there's a teeny bit of hope and 10 is you're the greatest that you ever felt. And I try to never... I try to put seven as little as possible because I feel like it's a cop out. Um, so I'll tell you what that has done for me. Rating my day every single day allows me to stop myself when I go, God, everything sucks. I hate everything. Every It just feels like life sucks lately. I can literally look at the numbers and I can do two things. One, I can see that it doesn't suck every single day, right? Because I had like, oh yeah, two days ago, I had an eight day. Dude, that's eight. An eight for a day is a baller day. It also allows me to see, oh, but we, I drank on date night the other night. And then on Saturday, I was feeling a little funky and I slept a little bit too long. I didn't get up before the sun, all the things that like the, I had to deal with the, the sort of like aftermath of that. It allows me to draw these correlations to see, yeah, doing all these things does make me feel better when I'm not doing them. I don't feel better. And let me have this habit tracker. So I have the joy of hitting your little green buttons all day and feeling better. That, I think that's part of it too. 
but it could also just be like you having fun, finding ways to have fun, finding ways to enjoy yourself, finding ways to do things that that light you up. Um, that really, really has an impact on your life and not just chilling, right? Although that's needed sometimes too. I'm talking about doing something that is outside of the world of education that makes you feel better. Um, and maybe that's learning something new. Take a piano lesson, go take a pottery class, uh, start doing hot yoga, which you'll hate, but it's good for you. <laughs> How do I know? Because I was, I was that guy. I was the old guy. There was actually one other old guy. But he wore Birkenstocks and had a long white ponytail. He looked like he followed the dead. He was really good at yoga. I was not. I looked like a clumsy, drunk clown. Anyway, go ahead. What a picture. All right. Summer Hayward is up next asking, what are the main differences between middle and high school? I'm moving to high school and possibly teaching English instead of history. Best tips. Well, Summer Hayward, congratulations, because I love high school. Um, I think it depends on what grade. Ninth grade, I feel like, is the last year of weird uh, for many students. It's the last year of, like, kind of I'm willing to be a little bit childish and do something and go along with something silly and fun. Um, that tapers off as the year goes on. Tenth grade, every tenth grade student comes back and looks at ninth grade students and goes, what's wrong with these kids? Reynolds, we weren't like this. Oh, no, you were. You all were like this. You just forget and you just think that you were magically mature all of a sudden and things didn't bother you but i i live this life every year uh so 10th grade's a little bit more like that 11th grade is a year of anxiety for a lot of students because there's so much riding on that year with regards to sats and college placement and things like that senior year is a little bit of anxiety mixed with a lot of apathy and like they're just done it's like bro we've been in school our whole lives we're ready to get out of here and go to college um but I think I love ninth grade and 12th grade. I'm going to say are my favorite. I like 11th grade because I like helping kids out with that anxiety piece. But 12th grade, you can have really good conversations. Kids are far more adult. They're getting ready to step into that next place. And as long as I don't give like regular generic, which I'm not known for, uh, like advice, then that's really fun too. But I also love that playfulness, that kid spirit that's in ninth graders that's really beautiful as well and um so yeah so she noted in the comments um it's either juniors or seniors they're still not sure yeah so seniors are a little bit trickier but i'll tell you what in my experience teaching seniors when i didn't know even i wasn't even in the school not that i, I didn't have to teach them before but when i started teaching kids when kids knew who i was when they had a sense of my vibe of of I had a bit of a reputation for the kind of teacher that I was that definitely helped me out. So for me, it was a little bit trickier in the beginning. Um, but that might just be the nature of my school. Like, I'm not saying that that's true for everybody. A lot, a lot of people just prefer older kids. They don't, they get tired. They can't stand the nonsense of younger kids. Especially if you like middle school, that's like a, yeah. that's a tough one. And There's I, a lot going on, lots don't of emotions mind and feelings. Right. We, I, ninth grade is, I would say ninth grade is almost just like the last year of like middle school kind of behavior. Yeah. And you're that wacky that it fits. Yeah. But, and that's what it is. It's what are you, who are you made for? Yeah. What's your, who's your assignment? Yep, exactly. All right. Uh, that thrifty teacher is up yeah. next. I got, I get nervous when admin comes in for drop-ins. How do you handle the nerves? So, hmm, hmm, hmm. I, hmm, this is a good question. I'm trying to think of like, 
a good answer that's not just like I don't want to just take something that is. Let me say this. It didn't used to be easy for me. It's easy for me now. I don't care when administration comes in. I just like it does not worry me in the least. Um, but it did before. It did before because I was worried that I wasn't going to be doing exactly what you wanted me to do. I was worried that you weren't going to give me a job back. I was worried that I was going to get a poor review. And what I found was that one, a poor review has never to, to me, right? This might be different in different districts, uh, different in different districts. And I'd be interested to hear um, how different people are dealing with this, but I've never had a negative review. Like I was never going to lose my job. Um, I didn't. And like, if I didn't do something exactly the way you wanted me to, I always was interested in the conversation afterwards. So like what I would do is front load the observation and say like, Oh, Hey, thanks for being here today. When I had a moment to walk in the back, look, we're going to be doing this, this, and this. Uh, if you could keep an eye on like this, 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 and this kid, then I want to talk to you about it afterwards. And I'm really interested in what you think about this. So what I'm doing is I am giving them things to look at that I want them to be observing me on because I want to be observed. And this is still, this is how I have found any success in my life is by getting critical feedback from people. And, but sometimes I got to tell people because otherwise you'll get an observation. They ob observe you on stupid stuff that doesn't help you get better. Like your, are your objectives exactly written correctly on the board? Like all the nonsense. Like I once had a guy come into my classroom. I talk about this in my book where I was getting observed by someone and they told me I didn't, I need to have student work on the wall. And what he meant was that I need to have a bulletin board with students grades that like they got an A, B, C, D, or F. I had to have them bullet like on the bulletin board. But at that time, my entire classroom was covered in bulletin board paper because we created the scene for Romeo and Juliet in our classroom. We created the Globe Theater in my classroom. The students created a an exact replica of the Globe Theater in my classroom so we could perform Shakespeare, not just read Shakespeare. And what did I get? You don't have student work on the walls. My whole room is student work. Like this doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and so the reason you can't see that built bulletin board is because it's behind, you know, student uh, work. Yeah. Uh, a balcony um, with ivy hanging from it with a secret entrance behind it. Like, come on, bro. So the other thing that I, that shifted me was when I remember that all I'm doing is for kids, I'm not trying to get a good observation so that I can keep my job. If I'm getting observed, I want it to be so that I can help students in a deeper level. I'm not trying to do it so I can get a raise. I'm not, cause I think if I do the best work that I can do and I'm trying to really, really help kids, I'm trying to really connect with families. I'm trying to help people in my school and be an add on an add a value add to my school. There's no way all that other stuff doesn't come. So I'm never doing it for that. I'm doing it because this is the best thing for these students. And if I ever have an observation and someone's not interested in that, they're just interested in crossing uh, T's and, and dotting I's. I'm just, I, I just like stop listening to you and start looking at the ceiling or something. But it's, I think that confidence comes from I'm about kids. And when we're about kids, I think that that helps us in those, those moments too. All right. Laura's up next. Um, asking what is one incident in your teaching career that you wish you could have a do-over? <sighs> That's a great question. Oh, man. I immediately want to say super secret class trips. Those were a poor idea, but I wasn't sure at the time how to get around those. And if you don't know what those are, that's another thing I talk about in my book. I do not recommend them. 
Um, but I used to get my <laughs> class trips canceled all the time. Like last minute, I'd have kids waiting on the on the curb for the bus to show up, and they'd be like, uh, and the school was would just cancel my trips. And so I started doing trips where I told kids, if look, I'm gonna be at the train station at six o'clock tonight. If you're at the train station at the same time and you go to the same place that I do at the same time, I didn't really take you anywhere. We just kind of happened to be in the same place. And that is very dangerous and I don't recommend it at all. So that's a like, that's one. Um, I think really, Laura, and I, I would have had to have been a better version of myself. It's anytime I just got mad at kids and like lost my cool in the classroom. Whenever I yelled, whenever I have like, you know, because everyone collectively decided to not bring their book or they no one did the project or no one did the homework or no one's paying attention or no one's listening to me. And I would get so pissed that I would just lose it. And that is one of those things that might feel good in the moment, but it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help students. It doesn't prove my point. It doesn't make kids like it, no one pays it. Well, they, they're going to pay attention for the next 10 minutes because they're terrified because you just scared the crap out of everyone. And I, I just, I dislike that that is a part of where I've gone. Now, look, I still sometimes have that anger in me. What I've had to do work on is how do I transfer, transform that feeling into something that's actually useful? Can I still use that, um, that fire to do something else with? So that might be have a really direct conversation. We're going to have a conversation about this. I want to talk to you about this. It, what it did was a, it made me have to do more work on me when I saw how I was reacting. It had nothing to do with kids. Um, I don't like to blame any of my behavior on kids, right? Kids are kids. I need to be a better person to be able to handle the situation. And I've seen teachers do that. And so for me, it was doing a lot of work. It was doing therapy. It was it was being a part, it was reading books. It was being a part of courses and things of that nature that helped me to grow into this, that, to that version of myself that is ever and for always ongoing. So if, so if you're asking yourself like, but I've done so much work already, I feel like that all the time. I get aggravated. There's a new thing. There's like, it's like, <laughs> you've got to the top of that hill and you're like, Oh, there's another one. Oh, come on. Um, I can't, right? I you can't, get angry at I it. get angry at, at that <laughs> stuff. But then I have to go, all right, here we go. Like, what am I going to do? I don't like, I want to be, I want to live on, on, on level three, right? I want to live on the highest level of life. And I want to be the best teacher, the best business owner, the best parent, the best husband all the time. So it's like, I'm going to keep climbing that. And so I just, I do get aggravated when I see another summit when I'm like, oh man. But it really always comes down to personal bad. growth. It does. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Jacob is up next, who we yeah. haven't seen in a minute. Haven't been on since the time change. Good to see you again. Any tips on students using AI to, to cheat? Yes. Came across this problem this week. Now I'm worried that more are using AI to write their stuff. Yes. So I have, I, I'm actually, this is a, this is a partnership I've made with someone. Someone, there is a company who I can't, I'm going to, I don't want to mess the name up. So I'm, I'm going to, I will make that video as soon as we get shooting. So we're shooting this documentary this week uh, with PBS and that is taking up an enormous amount of my week. As soon as that is done, that's going to be the next thing I talk about. Um, there is an AI thing that is, it has this incredible way of detecting whether or not your students are using AI to write stuff. 
Um, Wait, so you have you the teacher gets to use AI to detect if a student writes yes. with AI. And look, to be awesome. honest with you, dude, I've been using AI like crazy. I've been using ChatGPT for a million things lately. But it's not just and that. There's all kinds of yeah. Like, so I do. I'm curious what comes design. out next with regards to how are we helping students to create ChatGPT or use like AI or AIs, right? Like all the different AIs um, to create things because i think it's a great jumping off point i just don't think it's that good like like whenever i've used it for things like even in business or in life it's like not great like what we were watching this morning um i will say jacob there's really good uh conversation about this so i'm going to have an answer for you i do not have it at this moment it will be forthcoming hopefully by the end of this week this well, well, the answer is basically you're going to use an, your own adult version yes. of an AI software yeah. that's going to well, help you like minimize how kids and it are will take you no time. Of it. Um, it will it'll be it'll be awesome. So the but I would check. I was listening to this weekend. I'm hit or miss on Tim Ferriss, but I was listening to his podcast uh, with Kevin Kelly, who's incredible, and you can even find the snippets on YouTube where Kevin Kelly talks about the future of AI and like, like, where is this going and what are we using it for and things of that nature. It really made me start thinking about some really great projects for students that they could be using AI for. So it's like not just being scared of it, but it is like, and how kids are going to use it wrong. It's like, how about we, we should be diving into this with kids to see where are the possibilities mm -hmm. too, to be able to help students and create cool learning experiences and stuff one of the too. things that i love that who's the guy that was talking about it not to kevin kelly yeah he said specifically about it was that it's 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 not going to be perfect right it, we're still better and smarter than what the ai is that they that they come up with but it's a, it's really just a jumping off yeah he it's, said it's kind of like if you owned a business and you hired an intern that's exactly. what AI is kind of like. They do like some of the dirty work. They'll give you like the basic premise, the basic idea, the basic outline. They'll give you a first draft of a copy for something. And then um, you have to make it into something awesome. Well, I even watched, a, uh, it was either a TikTok or a reel. And it was um, someone used chat GPT, created an essay, wrote a whole essay. Oh, and yeah. then they hired um, a teacher online, I guess you could, or hired someone to actually write the same article on the same topic. And then he gave it to a teacher and had a teacher grade. Unbeknown. The, yeah. the teacher didn't know. The teacher did not know yeah. that it, one was a chat GPT, like AI service. And another one was like written by a real person. And they gave the chat GPT one, I think a C. C said, and then yeah. they gave the the actually written one an a yeah so i thought that was really interesting too yeah. um all right our next question i gotta find it Sorry. things we never thought we'd be dealing with as educators it's kind of exciting but i like your viewpoint on it how like you flip the script instead of like being just afraid of it and all that well, you know it it's this race like... that kids have sometimes to the most okayest thing Right. And okayest is a word that I, I made up. It's in it's in the Reynolds dictionary. Um, where like it's they're just trying to get it done. But I think we've in large part we have built, we've created those kids. Like education has created kids that are willing to do good enough because what's the reward for doing great work is more work. What's the reward for getting done early, right? For doing all of your homework or getting all your classwork done on time. Now you have 10 minutes left. It's like, what do you want me to do? Oh, here's more work for you to do. So 
we create kids that do the most okayest job. But the problem with doing okay is that that leads to an okay life. And I don't want an okay life for my students. I don't want a life that's filled with like, you have an okay wedding or like an okay relationship, or you have an okay car, or you have an okay house, or you have an okay job, or you have, oh, you feel okay about yourself. It's like, no, only you feel freaking awesome, man. And we have the greatest life that you could ever imagine and, and have everything you dreamed of and be able to go into the work and do great work. I think the world needs you to do great work, not okay work. And so if we are just typing in, uh, write a essay about like, you know, the views of good and evil of William Golding shows and Lord of the Flies or something like that. It's like, it's like, okay, okay. It's okay. But like, it's not great. And so we're not shooting like how we do anything is how we do everything. So get on it, bro. And make something great. All right. Um, this will be our last question since we have to have a little yes. bit of an abbreviated show today. We do because we're doing work on the house and I have to go downstairs and help direct. We're on a like timeline. a foreman, you know, I don't really think that's it. Just walking time. around We're on a time limit and it's a mess. It's, it's, <laughs> okay. August more, is uh, going to close us out asking my, as my school's math rep, I've been asked to hold a meeting on info. I learned at a workshop, any advice for a first year teacher nervous about speaking in front of seasoned vets? So I think, August, that's a great question. Um, and I often have felt like this when I go to speak places and I'm like, you're in a room with someone that's taught for 30 years. And I'm like, I don't have that kind of experience. But here's the, here's what they're not, the, what they're, what you're doing. You're reporting back, right? You're not telling anyone that it's the right way to do something. You're saying, I learned something. I'm excited about it. Let me share it with everyone. And because someone else might have gone to that same workshop, that same training, and then come back to the school and they're going to share something different. They heard something different. They picked up on different things than you did. There are often times that like my wife will be super stoked about like um, uh, something she listened to a sermon or something like that. And she's like, you gotta listen to this. You gotta listen to this sermon. Oh my gosh. So great. Ah! And then I listen to it and she's like, all right. Um, then we meet and we talk about it. And what she heard, I'm like, I don't even remember that part. I don't even remember like, or like, oh, I heard them say that, but that didn't hit me like that. Even this morning we were listening to, mm -hmm. we were doing church online this week. And um, that, that part at the end that, that hit me so hard. Um, you were like, oh yeah, I heard that. But it wasn't like, the, that wasn't the moment yeah. for you. So August, what you're learning is that it in that workshop might not have been the thing that's going to hit everyone else. You're just adding to the conversation. And plus, everyone gets the added bonus of like, maybe they don't like going to workshops, right? But they don't mind learning. It's like you it's like you read the book, you're just going to tell us what it's about. So we don't have to go through the pain of doing all this stuff. You're you're being uh, a, like a positive value add to your school and showing up and doing something like that. So I think that it's I'm not better than you. I just went and did this cool thing. And I want to tell you all about it. I'm so excited about this. I love this stuff. And so I'm going to share what I learned. And then that's what you do. Yeah, someone made a good point. I think it was Maisha. She said that um, you remember like even seasoned vets, like seasoned educators, yeah. they're still learning. They're, it's like never ending. They're, just because they're seasoned vets doesn't mean that they have it all down and, and, and have all the answers. Here's the other thing, August, you'll learn as you get older is just because you're older doesn't mean you're smarter. Yep, facts. There is, a, there. it's like... You'll see. That's all I can say. Like, as you get older, there are people that put the work in and there are people that don't. And so, and I'm not trying to diss anyone or like people have all kinds of different life circumstances, but like, um, if you are, you're out there learning and growing and changing and getting excited about that stuff, 
I'll tell you what, the thing that's going to put people off is not that you know something that they don't know. It's that you are happier than they are. Uh, and so that that really aggravates people. So it's just show up as a willing participant and should excited to share what you've learned. And, and that's what I would do. Um, oh, I had a thought. Oh, Maisha made a good point. She's uh, if you did not get your question answered, um, don't forget to put it in the Facebook group because yes. it's really such a great place and a great community that there's tons of answers, tons of people wanting to share and to help and to grow together. Yes. And we will be back next week full time um, and hopefully not looking like this uh, and <laughs> like regular face. stuff. Yeah. So we are thrilled to be able to do that. So look, gang, I hope that you have a wonderful week and I thank you so much for being here. Um, and if you're some of you, your, your school year is coming to a close quick and then us in the Northeast, you know, now we roll. Yeah, I think uh, Lopez said they end on like May, like right in May. Then. Yeah, you May just made like... everyone from the Northeast go. Ugh. But we I don't. Know. We go back late. No, you this know? year I feel like they're ending early. School for our daughter ends on June thirteenth. Philly's trying like to go back early, way earlier yeah. than normal. That's usually they're like the eighteenth. Yeah, and they took away Veterans Day. I mean, come on, guys, come <laughs> on. What are we doing over here? All right, gang. Uh, that's it for this week. We will see you next week. Uh, that's it, gang. Peace.